What's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families. Um, I am so excited this morning because we have somebody who is going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. Everybody who knows me knows how much I love love. And I'd like to introduce you to our guest this morning, Mr. Paul Zoman. Paul, how are you? Great, Ashley. It's good morning to you. And thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And thank you for waiting so long um, to be able to come on to it. I know that in another interview, you call yourself a love linguist and you're the author of Love is God. And there's a lot that we could get into. But before we do, um, in order for all of that to make sense, good morning, good morning. Thank you. I, I would like you to be as open as you feel comfortable with just telling us a little bit about your history and your backstory, because I know that we have a lot of subscribers who um, they can relate. And, and I think that this would be beneficial for them to hear from somebody else who has gone through it too. Great. Thank you, Ashley. The The backstory really is that I grew up in a, a family that was kind of an angry family. And what an angry family looks like to me, at least what I defined it as, is someone that will talk over you when you're talking. They think that whatever they have to say is more important than whatever you're saying. And so they'll talk over you and really nobody gets heard at all. That's one attribute. Another attribute is that they don't have any boundaries at all. There's just whatever somebody else's business is also your business. And I realized that that's really not the way it should be. And I, I, I wanted something different, a different life for myself. So I started looking at, at, at love, looking at the different things to, to be able to improve my loving skills. And it just has taken a, a long time to get to the point. But it came to the point that I realized I had to create a tool, Ashley, and the tool I created was something that that follows the love languages, but it's just just a cube. On on the cube, I've got <clears throat> different different love languages. Here you'll see the hand holding holding a, an hourglass. The hourglass meaning time, the love language of time. Just spending time is hanging out with someone. You don't even have to talk. My wife loves Korean dramas, and so she just wants to sit with me, have me sit with her and read the, the the captions for the Korean dramas. Yeah, they're so so clean. They don't even kiss like until like the ninth or the tenth episode. It's just just a slow moving romance drama and they're fun. The the next uh, icon would be service. Someone hold, uh, just like a waiter holding a platter that represents service. The next one is just putting your hands together, create a heart. This heart is a little bit different because it has a conversation file. So those would be the words of the heart, just telling people compliments, helping them understand how valuable they really are to that, to to you or to others. Uh, the next one would be two hands that are holding, looks like they're holding hands or about ready to hold hands. That would be touch. And then the last love language would be gifts. So this is what really helped me on my way to be able to replace that angry um, atmosphere, that angry culture that I learned how to be annoyed, 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 stacking those annoyances until I had a burst of anger. I would never know what straw would be that straw that would break that camel's back, that it would have that burst of anger, never know when it would happen. It would happen in public, it would happen in private. And it just became annoying to me, annoying to everybody else. Ashley, it was more like uh, someone that has an accident in the swimming pool that everybody scatters. They say, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. 
and it just it just kind of embarrassing at that moment people i did not want to repel people i wanted to draw people to me and i think this really works for for people that are trying trying to find how do you get out of that angry mode how do you get out of that and what i realized is that instead of focusing on what's wrong with people which really kind of could be 10 maybe 20% of their personality the rest is good change the focus to what's right with them and then watch for the 80 to 90% of that person that's really good. <clears throat> focus on that. And as I change that focus, it's an about face. It's just a 180 degree turnabout so that you're watching for what's right about people, watching what can you love about that person. By doing that and rolling the die, uh, there's just two instructions that on the die. Just roll the die every day, whatever it lands on. That's the love language you practice giving away all day that day. So all day you're watching for opportunities to love in that way. That's what changed my life. Man, that, that is so powerful. I have a couple of things I, I don't want to forget. We're doing a giveaway. I have a 45 count Valentine's Day snack care package to whoever comments the most within the next 24 hours. So if you guys have any questions for Paul, please drop them below. And I, I do want to make sure that I address our first question to you. Um, someone says here, my question is after responding out of trauma response for years, how did you figure out your true authentic self? That's where I'm at right now. It's a great question. And uh, I, I love that question because there really has to come that self-actualization moment, you know, for, for about, uh, until I was about 35 years old, I really started, I was blaming my father for all my all my problems, blaming him because he's the one that passed it down. Probably he got it passed down from his parents as well. But when I had that self-actualization moment, I really I started to understand the spectrum, anger on one side, love on the other side. And where was I in between those two on the spectrum? When I realized I was really, the actions that I was doing was closer to the angry culture side of that, that yardstick or that that spectrum, I realized uh, I, I was able to put uh, uh, a descriptive uh, adjective to that behavior. When Once I had that descriptive adjective to the behavior, then I realized, well, what would be the opposite of that behavior? And let me take, for example, the just the adjective of, of being sarcastic. There was a lot of sarcastic people out there and would it be on the angry side of the spectrum or on the loving side of the spectrum? And I would realize that that's really kind of on the angry side of the spectrum. When you look at what might be the opposite of sarcasm, you're gonna see that maybe it's someone that's genuine, somebody that's authentic, somebody that's true to what they say. You see that, that opposition, you'll say, well, I don't wanna be sarcastic, I wanna be more genuine. And you make your decisions one by one as you're able to self-actualize, put a descriptive adjective on what behavior you're, you're reacting or what behavior you're manifesting at that particular time, find out what the opposite is, and then figure out where you want to be on the spectrum. Yeah, there's there's so much value in that. And I'm, I'm wondering what event might have happened or what realization occurred for you that sort of took you into the sphere of influence for uh, Reverend Gary Chapman and um, just how that that came about for you, because this is such a simple concept, but it's so pivotal in in that shift that you talked about. Absolutely. Very, very uh, astute, Ashley, that it really was pivotal for me 
but it was probably about 15 years ago, all this anger stacking and the, the annoyance stacking and that angry flashes really was contributory to the demise of my first marriage after 23 and a half years. My wife got tired of it. My kids probably got tired of it, but we divorced and, and I was found out to be a single father. We had eight children together. And so at that, when the divorce happened, there were five children left in the household. Uh, and I, I had primary custody of those children. So when it was the, was her weekend to have the children, found myself in a midlife crisis thinking, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do something really fun. And I thought, I'm going to go some do some destination dating. So the destination dating, what I call that is that someone else lived in a different city. I, I didn't live where they lived. We, we agreed on a city to meet. We went there, had a date, went back home. And I did that. I went to I went to Florida, Daytona Beach and Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, New York City, Salt Lake City, Kansas City, Nashville, Phoenix, Las Vegas, Cabo San Lucas, all these places I went having a great time. I was looking for love in all the wrong places and I couldn't wasn't finding anything. So I thought I had a line on someone from Phoenix. And so I moved to Phoenix thinking that I need to develop this relationship. Actually didn't work out. And there I am. My ex-wife, now this is three and a half years after we'd, we'd uh, split company. Uh, she had decided she wanted the last remaining three children um, back. She wanted primary custody. And she was taking them. She was going to move in with her parents in California, Southern California. And while she's doing that, I, I'm thinking... Should I relinquish primary custody or not? And I and while I'm doing that, uh, uh, I realized that I didn't have any opportunity to meet my grandfathers, to get to know them. I would have loved to, to have known them. They all passed away. They both passed away before I was ever born. So I thought this might be a really good opportunity for these last three children to get to know their grandparents. So I relinqu relinquished primary custody, and now I'm all alone. Well, my sister gives me a call thinking I'm lonely. She lives seven hours away, and I and and she says she has this neighbor that she wants to introduce to me. And I said, sis, you know, I I just really have done all this destination dating. I don't want to do it in again. I don't want to travel seven hours. And she's an older sister, and I'm number 10 of 11 children. So you have to do what your older siblings tell you to do. And she says, oh, come on. I said, oh. Okay, I really didn't want to do it. I said, I'll email her. What kind of relationship, Ashley, can you develop an email? And I didn't think much would happen. I, I did. <laughs> you did? Okay. Truly, truly, I did. So so we started emailing, and actually, she's a really good writer. And so after four or five interactions, uh, finally, I, I get the courage to ask, well, how many times have you been married? And she's, she writes back, and she says, counting the five that are buried in the backyard? And she and it was hilarious. It was just something. I said, I got somebody live here. I got someone with personality, <laughs> a sense of humor. And so we started getting a little bit more serious. Now it's time for big brother approval. I ended up moving up to where my sister was at from Phoenix and and into the St. George area. And and now it's time for big brother approval. So number 10 of 11, I still need big brother approval. Took her in to my brother's house uh, 300 miles north and and first thing that happened, this was the turning point, that my, my sister-in-law pulls her aside and says that the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up was anger. At first, I didn't. I said, uh-uh, 
then it made me mad. And I thought, I just verified exactly what she said. And I realized at that moment, Ashley, that this was a perfect opportunity for me to change that perception of the Zolman family. I either get worse and become more angry, or I could become more loving. Decided I wanted to be more loving and really had that, that disposition, wanting to be more loving previous in my life and just didn't know how to do it. So I started reading the color code and then the five love languages. And I really settled on the principles of the five love languages. But from where I came from, I didn't get it. You mean, Dr. Chapman, that if I guess what Ashley's love language is and cater to that, we're going to be buddies? I'm a bad guesser. That wasn't working for me. And then the second thing Dr. Chapman has, well, if you take this survey, I can find out what my love language is. Well, what do I do with that, Ashley? Am I supposed to advertise? Hello, Ashley. I'm Put it gift. on your forehead? I'm Physical gifts. touch? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, or I'm gifts. What do you have for me today? <laughs> I mean, it's so awkward. That wasn't working for me either. So I thought, is this even as dysfunctional as our family was growing up, I, I realized that playing games brought our family together. I thought, well, what if I can make this a game? And so I contacted Dr. Chapman and asked him, are you licensing those little icons, those little pictures that you have for each one of the love languages? And his attorney wrote back after a, a, a few weeks and said, no, we're not doing that right now. So I had an attorney in my neighborhood that was a friend, and he's, he was a copyright attorney. He said this, he said, theory like the love language theory is not copyrightable. Right. Application is. So the way you present that theory is, is what's copyrightable. And so with, with that, I've made my own icons, and then I, I put it on that cube. And, and just rolling that cube, first it started out as this was the, the prototype I had first. And you can see all the sharp edges on it. That was me. I had all these sharp edges. I needed to have them rounded off. When, when I'd roll that sharp edge die, I could put whatever I wanted on top and roll it a little bit and it would come out what I wanted that day, what I wanted to practice that day. It was really clunky and it just didn't work. So I had to round off the edges and, and rounding off those edges was able to start rolling it. It took a couple of years for me to get the artwork just like I wanted it. And then I got the copyright for this in 2017. That really is kind of my journey. I started rolling the die every single day, practicing sending love out every single day, focusing on what's right with people. And it just changed my life, changed the life of everybody around me, too, because now I'm instead of focusing and being critical, watching what's wrong with them, just watching what's right with them and realizing that my lane, my well, only thing I had control over drawing these boundaries that I didn't have growing up, drawing the boundary, it said, I can only send love out and respond when it comes my way. I can't bid love to come my way. And if, even if I tell somebody what my love language is, they might feel duty bound to mm -hmm. send it my way. And it, I didn't want anything like that and didn't want to get to the whiny voice that says, well, I told you what my love language is. Why aren't you doing it? Didn't, didn't ever even want to go there. So I just realized that I can send it out. I watch for people to light up. When they light up, it's it's I discovered what their primary or secondary love language is no longer Ashley do you have to say excuse me could we pause this relationship for a moment while I have you take this survey so I know how to love you that's awkward you don't have to do awkward anymore 
That's awesome. That's such an amazing story. I totally get that father-wise, same experience. Wow. Divorce and having sole custody of all the kids. Dang, Ashley, everyone you have on relates to me. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. And I think that your story is something that could resonate with so many people. And I have a, a really selfish Ashley question now. I'm, I'm wondering then after that transformation and then putting in the work so much to the extent that you're developing um, a product and hiring attorneys and getting copyrights and, and things like that, what was the transformation in terms of breaking the cycle for your kids? For my kids, it was they were skeptical because of that that stacking effect that I had previously of being annoyed, annoyed, annoyed until that flash of anger. They're very skeptical. And I think they're really warming up to the idea that I'm watching for what's right about them now. I'm watching for what they're doing that's right. And it's really a... a it, it really is that about face. And I, I, I understand why they're skeptical because I had those flashes of anger. I had those those stacking, annoyance stackings. Right now, Ashley, what's happening is that I've stacked kindness on top of kindness on top of kindness. And you get to the higher laws of love that people have a hard time getting to because they can't do the, the basic steps. Well, I call the basic steps the love language steps. Those are basics that will help you get to the higher laws of love like charity or compassion or intimacy or forgiveness or mercy or empathy or sympathy. Those are higher laws of love. These are basic. Let's learn the basics so that we can recognize and improve the communication skills. And that it's a, it's a work in process with my children right now, but they're starting to trust a lot better. I like that you made mention of the fact that you're able to identify those those acts of love based on experiencing um, giving those variances of love in the way that you're able to with the the cube that you have created. So somebody is asking details. How do you get one? How do you get one? Just my my website is rolloflove.com. R O L E of love. I did play on words. R O L L is something that is outside of you. A lot of things outside of you are circumstantial. You can't change. R-O-L-L is something that's outside of you. R-O-L-E is what changes you inside. So it's just roll of love, R-O-L-E of love.com. And they can get the cube. I actually have a book and a journal. So for the journal, what I'm doing is uh, uh, many people like to keep journal. I would have loved to have a love journal from my mother, my grandmother. Instead, mm -hmm. Ashley, I got a journal about the weather. The weather! <laughs> 60 years ago, who cares what the weather was like 60 years ago? I would have loved to have something on how they loved, what was there to love in their in their time frame. What an amazing legacy. I don't think a lot of people actualize journaling in that way. Um, I know that we have somebody inside of our Facebook group that that is the intention for her when she journals is to be able to one day share them and explain things to her daughter. Yeah. Um, so that that's really, really beautiful. Rolloflove.com. Thank you for posting that. Um, before we wrap this up, is there anything, Paul, that I should have asked you that I haven't asked you yet? There's just one thing I'd like to say uh, that to kind of wrap things up, that there's a lot of people that do yoga out there. And at the end of the yoga class, the, the instructor put their hands together like this and, and bow their head, close their eyes and say, namaste. It doesn't mean, hey, y'all, class is all over. It actually has a meaning, and it's a language of the, from the Sanskrit dialect in northern India. It's the same language that we get nirvana or karma from. But namaste, the Hindu interpretation of that means the God in me sees the God in you. Or put another way, the divine in me sees the divine in you. 
that everybody has good in them. Let's watch for that good. That's going to make their life a lot better. It's going to light them up when we notice that and they're going to have a better day. We're going to have satisfaction of making someone's day a, a little bit better. Go, let's go out there and make someone's day a lot better. Yeah, there's there's never been a more pivotal time, I think, um, for, for that to be the the words of wisdom for us all. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any more questions, drop them down below and we'll make sure to send them Paul's way. Paul, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Ashley, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you.